0: Good morning, and welcome to Rimrock Church. So glad to see everybody here this morning, and this beautiful day. I was telling these guys, man, when I woke up this morning and saw the ground wet and how God had blessed us with more rain than we desperately need, I just said thank you. Amen. Thank you for this beautiful day. Join us in lifting up the name of Jesus. Here we go. voices and little instruments say Jesus Messiah Get the ushers to close the back doors then. Well I just wanna speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Cause I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus.
1: want to speak the name from this mountain jesus in the streets jesus in the darkness
2: His name. What a wonderful name. What a beautiful name. It's the name of Jesus. Oh, what a what a beautiful day to be together in the Lord's presence uh, together as a people here at Rimrock Church. We are a a community being transformed by Jesus Christ. Uh, God is doing a transforming work in all of us Uh, for his glory. And so uh, we want to welcome you here. If you're here for the first time, we want to welcome you and um, to our community. Uh, There's a little card in front of your seat that we'd love to have you fill out so we can reach out and make connection with you that way. And um, probably the thing I was uh, sensing this morning is just know that the Lord knows you. He knows every single one of us in ways that are so profound. And so if you're lonely as we sang, if you're wrestling with depression, if you're feeling um, like no one knows, God knows, and His arms are always open to receive you, and He loves you, and He loves His people. And so uh, I want to go into a, a prayer this morning out of Isaiah chapter 53, but before I do that, is there, is there something going on with the students back there? Are we, are we doing something special? Okay, awesome. Yeah, because I'm not used to seeing you, your beautiful faces back there, but I'm so happy to have you guys in here. <laughs> we have a special treat because Darcy's going to lead us in an amazing grace here in a minute, and that's going to be so special. So we're, we're looking forward to that. But as we continue our worship, Isaiah 53, as we go through the, the gospel of Mark, we're looking at the person of Jesus and what he did and what he accomplished, and what he taught us, and, uh, and we'd like to encourage you not only to listen on Sunday mornings, but to read through the Gospel of Mark, take time uh, personally or with your family, with others, or by yourself, to read through, but look, listen what Isaiah 53 says, surely, this is talking about Jesus, this is a prophecy about Jesus, he took up our pain, and he bore our suffering. Do you believe that? That Jesus knows your pain, he knows your suffering? And he took it upon himself. And yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. God wants to do an exchange. He wants to take our pain and he wants to give us his peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. God is healing. He's restoring We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquities of all. Would you close your eyes as we pray? Lord, this morning I was just sensing, Lord, there's a a lot of pain in our world. There's a lot of struggle. I think of those even in our state here in South Dakota who are waking up to devastation. Homes, power lines, farms, so much destroyed. But even in that loss, Lord... We believe that you are bearing the pain. You're bearing the loss. I think of the people in Ukraine this morning. Lord, you know their pain. You know their suffering. Lord, you know those in this place who are feeling alone, who are struggling with sickness or some disability. God, Jesus, you came to heal. You came to restore. You came to give peace even in the midst of the storm. And so Jesus, as we just sang, we speak your name because there's no one else we can run to. There's no other solution to some of these problems. But God, you came and you revealed a way, a way of forgiveness, a way of life, a way of hope, a way of restoration, a way of healing. And so we declare that in Jesus' name this morning that you are the healer and you are restoring and you are lifting up and you are giving life even in the face of death. And so we praise you, Jesus. Glory to your name.
0: Amen. Amen. A couple months ago, Darcy came to me, and she was talking about wanting to sing this song as a thank you to all the people in this church that have blessed her and meant so much to her, and, and she's meant so much to us because she's definitely our worship leader, if you haven't noticed. She has no inhibitions about praising the Lord. Darcy, would you sing for us? Amazing grace, how sweet
1: the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. Now I see
0: Let's sing with her God is good. <laughs> lift him up, lift him up, lift the name of Jesus higher. Lift him up, raise his banner to the sky. He said, if I again to Take my hand. to life and godliness because of what you did for us jesus we bless you and thank you for that and as bill comes now god just give him clarity and just speak through him and tear open the, the curtains that bar our hearts from hearing you god we need that shine your light into each of our hearts and minds right now we ask in jesus name amen
3: Cast egg. There you go. Usually uh, when I'm about ready to speak, I have a couple people that sit out here and they, they always come by and they always kind of fix my collar or fix my hair or wipe something off and, uh, and somebody says, you know, something unzipped or something and now both of those people are gone today so I didn't know what I was going to look like here. I even picked somebody out that I knew and says, "Should the shirt be tucked in or out?" And I thought maybe just one flag out or one flag in. I don't know. If if you were here last week or if you were listening online last week, uh, you heard Nick uh, talking in Mark chapter two, and uh, it was a very emotional message, uh, very uh, emotional for my wife and I because we, we played a big part and that journey that he was walking through i was watching (laughs) last night a game that he was coaching first base and yet many of you still do not know that he walks up here he looks okay but if you were to push him from the side he would fall down there's not any support there so in the midst of that i i want to pick up from where nick left off Uh, in in terms of something that I think is very very important uh, to me I would say it is one of the few truths that I think if I was to say that there is some victory in my life uh, living in a world that is a fallen world that has a lot of fiery ordeal and testings that come against us I would say this truth that we're gonna talk about today is huge it's a it's a very important truth and so when I looked at what was assigned to me months ago uh, in chapter 3 of Mark, I get excited. I always look a couple months out, and I always am saying, God, what do you want to do? What do you, how do you want to express yourself, and how uh, do you want that done? And, uh, and then I looked at the, t- the what was down here. And I looked at this is an in- entirely a uh, bunch of issues in the whole chapter that one and of themselves is quite uh, hard to understand. And the, the stories take place, first of all, you have this uh, man that has a withered hand, and his hand is withered in chapter 3, and, and he wants it to be healed, but you've got the Pharisees and the Sadducees that are just waiting for... Jesus to do something on the Sabbath so they can attack him and it says and that they would form almost like a gr- group of wolves to kill him and destroy him and so Jesus tells the man and in literally some of the things you have to see the life of what was written not just the words he basically tells the man come up here so everyone can see you he he wants something to be seen he wants what is going to happen to be seen and uh, and and he heals the man and you kinda see the reaction of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he goes on out and he begins to heal many, and people are crowding upon him so much so that even his friends say, "I think he's lost his mind he's lost his senses he he's uh, they're all gathered around him doesn't he know when to say no and from there you you go into a place where then he goes and he uh, he chooses his disciples and his apostles and he brings them up and he chooses the apostles and this is just a message in itself of why these apostles. Uh, Ben talked about some things of the different walks of life of these people. They weren't all the same type of people. They were from every walk of life. And then he tells them something that is interesting. He gives them two commands. He says, I want you now to go out and to preach these things and banish Evil spirits or unclean spirits. Those are the two powers he gives them. And then he goes on, and after that you have the Pharisees and Sadducees still chasing him, and they come and they accuse him of casting out these demons or casting out these unclean spirits uh, by a demon. And he says, uh, how can Satan, or he said that, and the scribes came down from Jerusalem were saying, he is possessed by Bezebel. Be- Be- He casts out demons by the ruler of demons. And then he calls them to himself, and he talks about some quite interesting comments. You'll see this in three different places where he comes, and you hear what is called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the unforgivable sin, that if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you cannot get to heaven. Every other sin that's done, every other blasphemy that's done can be forgiven, but this one cannot be. Then, if that's not enough uh, that I'm supposed to talk on, he he then says, uh, Jesus, after he's given this incredible uh, exhortation of uh, this uh, blasphemous sin, he says, hey, Jesus, your mother and your brother are outside, uh, and they're calling for you. And he says, uh, my mother and my brother are those that are here standing before me that respond to the will of God. So... Ben says, Bill, speak on this. (laughs) I I wanted to pick one, uh, and then I decided, well, maybe I'll pick two. Uh, I'm definitely not going to pick three of these things or four of these things. And I don't know uh, if if this is going to catch you or not, but there was one thing that really hit me in the midst of all of these stories. And this one thing is is one thing I want to make clear from the beginning and when we end the service, I want you to understand it. We will address some of these issues that are still kind of making questions in your mind. But I want to make one thing really clear today is that you people that have responded to God's call on your life, when God came and somehow the Spirit of the living God moved your heart so that you could understand. So when you were singing the songs of these words and you saw some of these songs it's they penetrate your soul and they move you so deeply when you're gonna when you're sitting here and you're listening to darcy get up here and sing something stirred in your soul something was way different than what somebody from just physical eyes can see and i believe if we don't understand and if you don't understand that you are primarily a spirit being and that god created you with body soul and spirit and the spirit is the defining part of who you are if you do not see yourself from the spiritual world and you don't look at things through the spiritual world none of these stories will completely make sense to you they'll be gobbled up you'll be arguing against god you'll find yourself saying god how could you how could you do this but having spiritual eyes where god says i've given you eyes to see and ears to hear through a spiritual kingdom and a spiritual world these things will start to make sense to you as emotional as last week was for me because i was taken back eight years in my life and i remember laying by in mayo by the beds when the doctors would say your son will probably not be alive in the morning i remember that but there was something that god had done and that is that god in my life at some point had told me that when god came in and penetrated this life and gave me a new heart, he put a spirit within me that bore witness through the Holy Spirit that I was first and foremost a spirit being and could see things through spiritual eyes. If you saw last night, last week what Nick was bragging about, he was not bragging about that he got healed, because he's far from being healed. He was bragging about the fact that he was healed. But he was looking through spiritual eyes. He was seeing things the way God intended his people to see him. And so I I want to encourage you as we go through today that throughout the day, I don't know if you do this or not, but I see most of the things in my life from a spiritual perspective that God has made me a spirit being. He took away this old flesh and put in a brand new heart within me. He has done that for you. And if we can see ourselves that this spiritual blood runs through your veins, your genealogy is no longer necessarily just your physical genealogy. It comes from the line of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. And when I see these things, I can now relate to in the book of Kings when when Elijah was basically being, uh, the people were coming and surrounding them, and he said, God, would you just open their eyes so they can see what's really going on? And he opened their eyes and they saw chariots and chariots of fire surrounding them. And they said, those that are with us are way more than those that are with them." These aren't just stories. If you and I could see right now what's going on in this kingdom and in this world and in this country, and you could see through spiritual eyes, you will have hope that you cannot believe. There is a God that is Big. he's supernatural, he sits in the heavens, and he says he laughs at people that only see through temporal eyes. We not look to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, they're going to pass away. And so I'm I'm hoping that as we go through and we kind of look at some of these, that you'll come with me and see through these type of eyes, and see through the spiritual eyes. I promise you, it will change all your circumstances. It will change those things that happen to you. It will change when sickness comes upon you. God makes a reads this, and he says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those that can kill your body or hurt your body. And then after that, nothing more can they do to you. But I warn you whom to fear fear him who has, who, after he has killed, he has authority to cast into hell. Yeah, fear him. And we're going to make sense out of that. Because if you begin to see yourself, that God came and put within you a new heart and a new spirit, we can look out at this world and we can say, give it your best shot. Give it your best shot. I wasn't born for this land, and you weren't born for this land either. So with that in mind, I want to come back to some of these things, and I want you to kind of look at these real quickly. We are going to spend a majority of our time on the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because I think so many questions always come to me about that. But I want you to see now through spiritual eyes, you've got this this guy that's crippled his hands crippled and and the Pharisees are just basically back there waiting and and that actually is they're not just alone waiting there's not just one of them back there they are a group of them and they're and they're growing just to me they remind me of wolves when wolves begin to gather more wolves and more wolves and pretty soon all they do wolves don't even go to attack to eat they go to attack to kill they just kill their they're praying, they move on. It's, it's, there's just something in the kill. This is what these Pharisees were doing. They were looking. And I think Jesus basically says this to them. Is, he says to the guy, come up here so everybody can see you. And he says, they don't even comprehend because they only see through physical eyes. Their kingdom is only seen through a kingdom that's going to be on this land that somebody can reign and that they want to have the power to reign with him. And here I'm bringing a different type of kingdom. And they don't see that. And so he calls the man up there and he heals him in front of them. But there was way more going on than just that his hand was straightened out. There was way more going on and he was basically cutting into something that we would be able to see. That there was a bigger healing taking place than just that the hand was being corrected. He goes on furthermore and, in, and it says this, that while he was traveling and healing, it says after he had healed many with the results that there are those who had Afflictions, they were pressing him on him in order to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him or beheld him, they fell down before him and cried out, You're the Son of God. And he earnestly warned them, Don't make me known. So right now he's bringing you into a spirit world. There are some things going on, even within many of the healings that took place. They were unclean spirits. There's a spiritual world that is taking place and I encourage you today, at least, to pay attention to it. God says, "Don't be ignorant of this world. There are spiritual beings out here that can't stand you if you've come to the kingdom, of, come into the kingdom of God. They hate you. They're unclean spirits, and they're all about." And He's telling them that. That's why He gives the apostles. He says, "Now I want you to go out and speak these things and abonish these unclean spirits." And so. There's a spiritual realm there. Then you have this questionable portion of Scripture that's actually put in three different places. And, uh, and he basically says, I want to read this to you. And he called them to himself, starting with verse 23, and began speaking to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom is divided against itself that kingdom cannot be stand. It cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but he is finished. But no one can enter the strong man's house and plunder his property unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven, the sons of men. And whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit has, will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. Uh, I want to try to, at least in a very short way, make this make a little bit of sense to you. Uh, the preachers were together and we were talking about, it. and Ben, I did look up some things after we were talking and you're going to see that this uh... translation in the book of mark is a little different than the one in the book of luke this translation in the book of mark actually is referring to a group of people that got together and they in their purpose it's almost like they had a purpose statement was to kill and destroy jesus and basically were coming against him uh, as his declaration of the holy spirit of god dwelling within him and they were attacking him it was a group deal Now, in the book of Luke, it was an individual, it was singular, and it was people on your own that were blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. It's important we understand what that word blasphemy means. There are two different words used here. The one blasphemy was to speak evil against God, to lower his reputation, to do things that are against what he has said to do and that you are speaking a blasphemous against God. That is one blasphemy, and it says that all of those can be forgiven, have been forgiven from your past, your future, and all the sins you will ever commit. Those can be forgiven. So there's not any sin that you can say, oh my gosh, have I committed? And I don't know how many times I've heard this, but I think I've committed the unpardonable sin. And when I ask what it is, uh, it's not even close. I'm here to at least put your soul at rest to make sure that you're aware of that, you either have not committed that a pardonable sin. Okay, the fact that you're asking helps me know you probably haven't. Okay, then there's a blasphemy, the other one against the spirit. That blasphemy is a different word. That blasphemy is. Uh, let me give you a list of background. The Holy Spirit was given. It says to bring conviction, and to do three things, and one of them was conviction to convict of sin. And that it means that at a certain point in your life, uh, it could be one point, it's not real clear, but certain points, the Holy Spirit is going to make so clear in your life and my life, he is going to lift the veil from your eyes and you are going to see and you're going to understand very clearly that you in your own strength cannot enter into a relationship the way God designed you to. There's no way that you and your works or how good they are or whatever or how bad they were will keep you or prevent you from coming into the kingdom. You're going to become aware of that in your soul. Your eyes are going to see it clearly because the Holy Spirit said before the foundation of this world, he is going to lift the veil from your eyes and he's going to let you see who he is and what he did for you. And then he's going to help you understand that when Christ rose from the dead, that resurrection, it says, that brings salvation. It says we are saved by the resurrection of God. That that resurrected life is gonna come and has gonna come and take His residency up in your life, and you're gonna welcome that into your life. That is what the Holy Spirit convicts you. This word blasphemy basically means that when the Holy Spirit does that in your life. That you're basically going to tell him to go to hell. You're going to—it's the word there means to blast me into his face, face to face, to say I never want anything to do with you. I don't want to ever see your face again, and it's a blasphemy against what the Holy Spirit has moved by God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to bring to light this gospel. And it says never will I receive you, and I will never do it. And then it usually goes, like in Mark, when people get like that, they get around other people that get like that, and pretty soon they they form a clan. That's what that's going to mean. Today I am going to at least share with you my heart of what it really means when the Holy Spirit decides to lift your veil. Now my either horrible words or my slick words cannot bring this truth to you. I can't make you see or hear something that the Holy Spirit doesn't already call you beforehand. Some of you are going to hear these words. You're going to say, hey, those are slick words. But it's somehow going to not penetrate your soul. Somehow a veil is not going to be lifted. But there are going to be many of you here where that all of a sudden, this is going to be your day that the Holy Spirit is putting on your heart. You're going to see something for the first time in your life, and you're going to be able to respond to it or not respond to it. And if the Holy Spirit calls you, I beg you to respond to it. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is the one that initiates this relationship. He's the one that begins it before the foundation of the world. And he's going to call you into his kingdom as his children. And somehow, uh, these things. I looked over and saw Tracy. Tracy. (laughs) Sorry, Darcy. I saw Darcy singing over here. And something hit me when I was sitting over here and. And I won't go into all the detail, but I looked over and I saw Darcy and a whole bunch of verses started flying into my mind. And God says, I'm going to purposely change those things that, that you think are based on. I'm going to make them the, the wise. And that she somehow is going to rule in, in, in the kingdom, the new kingdom. She's going to have a position that I might serve her, willfully bend down and serve her. Because God's going to take us and help us see the whole world from a spiritual perspective. We have things so backwards we have things so backwards. We elevate it, it says the things that you think you see. We put greater importance. to God it says, "Oh no, the things that are unseen are greater importance." And when you begin to see that, man, it is amazing what we can see. So, in in light of that, it also we come to the story of the mother and the brothers, and he and it sounds kind of really crass when he says, "No," he says, uh. And he answered them and he said, no, who is my mother and who is my brother? Looking about, he was sitting around and he said, behold, my mother and my brothers. And it's basically whoever has responded to the Holy Spirit's lifting of the veil becomes my mother and brother. We have a new brother and mother. We begin to look at some things that we are a body of people and that we basically now have a new uh, genealogy, so to speak. He wasn't knocking his mom because you'll see that he talked about his mom even on the cross he looks and one of the last things he says to john is he says john behold my mother behold now your mother take care of her and i want to say one thing before we go into this uh at least what uh, the gospel is is we are not saying as the knocks the said back in colossians and back there which were saying that they separated matter and they separated matter from the spirit and they said all matter is raw bad that means that your body is bad and they they began to do that i'm not saying your body is bad god is saying present me your body soul and spirit i'm just saying that we so see our body first and foremost and we see things so much from a physical world first and foremost and then we look at our soul, and our soul are your emotions, and your intellect, and your reason, and you feel, and you put that as a priority. And oh, by the way, maybe I'm a spirit. I'm saying flip it around. You are first and foremost a spirit being. And if we can get these things in the right order, these things and the promises in Scripture will actually begin to enlighten themselves. And you will, it says you will understand the mystery of this gospel, The word mystery is to to take the lid off of and begin to see what really is there. And that's the mystery. So in a nutshell, I'm going to at least share with you the best that I can what I believe God is calling you and I to from this planet. If you've ever heard me ever give a message, you have heard what I'm about to say almost every single time. That Jesus Christ came down here as God, laid aside his Power as God and became and lived as a man so that he could demonstrate to you and me what it's like to live on this planet. He said, I will do nothing but what the Father does through me. I will say nothing but what the Father says through me. So when you see me, you're going to see the Father, for I and the Father are one. I am inhabited by the Father and I do nothing independent. But I am going to go. And when I go, I am going to be killed. And I know you're weeping and crying, but you shouldn't because after I'm killed, I am going to resurrect from the dead so that I then can come and live in you in the same manner that the Father lived in me. I want you to know what you were designed for on this planet. You were designed to be occupied by God, that God himself would take up residency in your life and that your spirit would then be ignited. It says the Holy Spirit would then bear witness to your spirit and your spirit would come alive to what you were created to be. And now all these things and all these promises will be yes to you. And so therefore, that spirit of the living God wants to come in and take up residency. But in doing so, I think there's a couple things that we come to understand. I've seen gobs and gobs of people that are in church every single day of their life. I've seen preachers and pastors and priests come and visit with me that thought that this had taken place in their life because they came to church and they even read their Bible they even gave their tithe. I am talking about a new birth that God comes in and takes up residency within you you and I come to a place of total bankruptcy and we come to realize and say God I know that my sins are ever before you and no way can I come into your presence because that you cannot go ahead in house with those things But I thank you so much for your cross and the death that you died to pay for those sins so that I might no longer have to pay. See, we are way over here at minus 10. And that night of the cross, when God hung on the cross and he said, it is finished, paid in full never again will i hold your sins ever against you all the past ones the present or the future, the ones now or the ones in the future are all paid in full he moved us from minus 10 got us over to zero so that we were now cleansed so that we could have a relationship with god but the resurrection of jesus christ so the resurrected life of jesus christ gets us from zero all the way over to plus 10. unless you understand the resurrected life of christ wants to take up residency inside you by the power of the holy spirit you will miss out on so many of the promises of god and so this is the resurrection that basically god wants so in closing i'm going to ask you to at least listen i'm going to say a prayer i have no idea what will come out but i want to say a prayer and i want you to basically see what your heart does with this prayer And maybe this heart today won't do something, but maybe a week from now, a month from now, three years from now, ten years from now, all of a sudden something's going to happen and you're going to realize, wow, I see clearly now. And my hope for you is respond because I am ready for another person born into my family. I want to spend the rest of my days with you and get to know you and get to know your history. But if we do decide not to, number one, if you decided not to, you wouldn't be here, okay? Because I think you're here seeking God, and God says, those that seek me, they shall be found by me. But I want you to just, you don't have to close your eyes, you can keep them open. If you want to close them to stop disturbances, but would you pray with me as the music people come up? Father, I I told you today on the way up here that No matter what words that would come out of my mouth unless you were to direct them and your holy spirit was to move on the people's heart today that there'd be nothing that would have lasting effect there would be nothing that could somehow generate living life so i would ask father that you would lift the veil holy spirit but you said before the foundation of the world that you were going to start moving into your children's lives you were going to call them before they were ever born you said that I knew them even then while they were in their mother's womb and I called them as my own and I'm asking today Holy Spirit that you would show us our absolute helplessness of trying to somehow have a relationship with you or with other people the way that we were designed to because of our sins, because of our sin that basically we chose to live life independent of you, to live life the way that we thought would be best to live life. And every act of that was in violation of you. And you said that no amount of our works would ever do that, but it was a gift from you. I pray that you lift the veil off the eyes of these people. I pray that you would go ahead and step in and let them see and sense the pain of that night at that cross, that you looked over him as Isaiah 53 was read by Ben today, and you said, and while he was on that cross, you told the angels to stay their hand so that they would not come down because of those that would respond to this in the future, and that is us today. And that you basically said, it is paid in full. Your sins are forgiven, and that we would be grateful for that. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you will now, as designed, come back into me in the way that you designed me to be, that the foundation of this world, that we would inhabit life together, that you would now come in. I open my heart, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to come with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and penetrate my life, and there will be a sweet union between you and me. I look forward to the journey ahead, and I'm so grateful that as I fall time after time again that your grace is sufficient for me. So Lord Jesus, I choose you, and I thank you in the name of Jesus, amen.
0: Thank you Give the Lord a hand He is good there is no power in hell nor any who can stand against the power in the presence of the great I am. God bless you guys gals have a great week go out and shine the light amen